Some people are looking at this disaster and they're heading towards financial ruins and they're just like, man, I was so stressed out. I was so overwhelmed. I was so overworked and I was not fulfilled. If I lose everything, at least I gained my sanity back. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I think that's so that's important a huge perspective is because shift. people can be in the same situation, which we're all in right now, and they can be looking at it completely different. So we know it's all about your perception. So right. we're going to ask these questions to help you get the right perception for this. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Are you talking to me? Uh, I'm talking to everybody. Oh, yeah. You okay. and everyone else. <laughs> well, this is episode number 32. And the title of this episode is From Problem to Progress. Ooh, it's so fitting because because the world's right a now. hot mess right <laughs> the now. The world's a hot mess right now, and we need some progress. And we got ninety nine problems, and Corona is one. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about how to take your problems and turn them into productive progress. So mm -hmm. that way, by the time this whole thing blows over, you are a better person because of it. Absolutely. So before we dive into this, though, I want to tell you that uh, we are not taking this lightly. What I mean by that is we may not be in a situation where we're practically homeless, but we definitely know people that are really, really stressing out um, financially, mm -hmm. not sure what they're going to do to make it through this, right? Right. And um, we want to tell you that our hearts are with you. We love you. We've been there. Yeah. And we know and that. Scary. Yeah. And the crazy thing is there's so many different variations of what people are going through, yep. um, whether it be them directly, someone close to them, um, just just so many different things. And I think that understanding that and having a sense of empathy that you may not be going through these things, but someone that you know is going through something very tragic to them. Yeah. So what I want to encourage you guys to do is get a piece of paper. You probably have a lot of time on your hands right now. If you are homeschooling your kids, shout out to you. You probably have way less time now <laughs> than you did before this started. But I'm going to encourage you to get a piece of paper today and just make a list of the people that you know and how different their situations might be. So we're going to kind of go through a couple of friends. Maybe we should change their identity. But We'll start with us. So like for me, for example, there's a loss, right? Mm -hmm. um, we are standing in faith, though. Right. I will tell you, lots of people have reached out and said, well, how are you so positive during this? And I will just tell you, we're standing in faith. Absolutely. That's not something I will tell you that we probably had in 2008, 2009 when we lost our jobs the first time. And it took us probably a little longer to arrive at acceptance. Yeah. And I think that Arriving at acceptance was relieving. It was like a weight off our shoulders mm -hmm. to just say, this is it. And then we started I to can't prepare. control it. Can't do nothing can't about control it. it. But, you know, I think that what's crazy is now that as years go past and you get older and you get a little bit more refined and you get enlightened, mm -hmm. I'm putting quotation marks up, mm -hmm. 
um, you start to really understand and articulate the things that you did. And so I would say that looking back, we did have faith. We just didn't necessarily call it that because we I was standing in it. We weren't standing in it. We were just kind of acting on it because, mm-hmm. you know, faith without deeds is dead. And right. we were putting in the deeds like we literally were finding ways mm-hmm. to be like, resourceful. Be resourceful. We knew we were going to lose the house. Mm-hmm. I was calling the mortgage company every single day. That's yep. faith. Like yeah. you don't do those things if you don't believe something can't come out of it. We also didn't know what was going to happen. So I remember bringing boxes home from yeah. work and having them in the backyard ready to go in the event that we had 30 days to vacate our four bedroom house. So I think what we've always been pretty good at is just a level of understanding that we can't control this, but we can do something to be proactive. At that time, that meant sitting down with our kids and letting them know, hey, financially, we're going to be losing our jobs and we're just not going to be able to afford this house. So there's a really good chance we're probably going to be moving. I remember they cried about it. And then we made it a fun thing. We were like, we get to go find an apartment, you know, and we looked at a couple and they were excited running up and down the stairs and they found the beauty in our house doesn't have stairs, so this is really cool, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I think we've always done a really good job of trying to make the most of it. And I would say that that's what we're doing right now, making the most of it. As we yeah. speak, I'm trying to go through food and see what we have on hand. And I just happen to have like a box of cornbread stuffing. Oh, I happen to have some extra potatoes. I happen to have two large chickens. Yeah. So guess what? It's about to be Thanksgiving up in here, right? Well, before you go into Thanksgiving, you said something. <laughs> I think that it's important for people to... Thanksgiving to, in April. Thanksgiving in April. But because this episode is about problem to progress... Sometimes we have to look at the anatomy of how you're handling a problem. Mm -hmm. And so what Janelle said was something was important, like our transparency with the kids around what was going on Mm -hmm. was important. And we talked to them about it as hard as it was, as heartbroken as they were when they first heard it. That transparency allowed the weight to come off our shoulders for acceptance, because Mm -hmm. right now there are situations and there are circumstances that people are facing right now and they're not transparent with their family. They're not transparent Mm -hmm. with their kids. And what happens is they end up holding all this frustration, holding all this stress and anxiety and anxiety. And it's manifesting itself into poor behaviors, Mm -hmm. poor reactions, just overeating, overeating, anger, all all these different things lashing out when they just need to just say, Hey, here's what we're facing right Mm now. We're going to have some faith, but I want to be clear if this is the consequences of the situation Mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. So we have another group of friends. I don't know. Let's call her Debbie and John. I don't know. I just pulled those from the hat. But Debbie and John, you know, they're trying to make the most of it, too. And I would say that they're not lower income. They, in fact, own several properties. They're in real estate. They've got tons of kids. And so what happens is Debbie spending most of her time cooking nonstop, cleaning, trying to make sure that her kids are on track with homeschooling, like her job just got way worse. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then on the backside, if you're in real estate right now, you're struggling because there's no deals going through right now. Nobody's prospecting. Nobody's going door to door. No one's sharing, you know, hey, this was only listed for 24 hours. Debbie and her husband also own property. And so guess what? Just like you might not be able to pay your rent. Now they have no income coming in because if you own 10 different properties, yeah, you might be thinking like, oh, they're loaded. Well, all of a sudden, you know, that's part of their income. And if all of a sudden 10 tenants are like, hey, sorry, I lost my job. I don't have the money to give you. That's a bad situation for Debbie. Absolutely. And I I had some other friends that said something very similar. They said, 
I had rental property and I had tenants ready to go. Mm-hmm. And as soon as this kind of dropped, they pulled back and yep. they're like, oh, we got, we got to save our money. We can't give you that deposit right yeah. now. And so if you were looking forward to some income property and now all of a sudden that's gone. Well, now you're stuck with the bill. You got to float the, right. the note, right? right. That, ra- that rhymed. Float, float the, the note. note. Yeah. I feel like if you invested in anything right now, we have friends that were getting ready to build a business. They had committed to a $30,000 remodel. Guess what? The crew's there. They're working but now all of a sudden on the back end, you don't have the income to float the bill for yeah. the $30,000 remodel. Well, you still have rent on that new space. You still have these contractors. You've still got a contract. Everyone's trying to collect money right now. Right. You know what I mean? So let's talk about maybe my sister, Jessica. She's in the health industry. She's a nurse. She's having to leave. She's still working outside of the home. And I'll tell you, some of my friends are offended when people are like, you should just stay home. They're like, B, I can't stay home because I'm out here trying to serve you, right? So whether you're a banker, whether you're a grocery store clerk or manager or whatever. Or maybe you work at Home Depot. Maybe you work for the post office. Maybe you work in the restaurant industry and your particular restaurant is doing really well. Shoot, if you work at In-N-Out, you're working a lot. (laughs) Like nothing's changed for you. Oh my God, there's like 35 cars in the drive-thru we drove by today. I'm like, y'all don't cook? like. And and I know I've been to a lot of In-N-Outs and and we were just talking about this earlier about the fact that we're kind of iffy on In-N-Out, but... That kitchen is not social distancing. No, like, not so at all. The employees are like- No fast in, food kitchen Yeah, is. they are in like direct mm-hmm. connection with one another. And so for all those people that are doing that work, obviously we send our praise and yep. our empathy for them, but absolutely, uh, it's tough. Yeah. So, you know, some people that are working, they're like, okay, well, y'all are busy on your coronacation. That's nice, but I have to go to work every day. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to work and they're in fear for their life or their health or what they might bring home to their families. My sister was telling me about this couple that had a baby a few weeks ago. The husband was the only one allowed in the delivery room. And then right after they had the baby, they went home. But guess what? He had to go back to work and continue to help people fight this illness. So they had to build a bedroom for him in the garage. And she had to sit there and recover by herself from having this baby and raise this child for the last 30, 40 days without her husband. So they're like looking at each other through the front window of your house and your husband can't even be around your kid because he's busy dealing with all of these sick patients at the hospital. Yeah. So I want to shout out those people. Like if you're sitting at home and you're crying about a loss of income, I get it. It's tough. It's tragic. I'm not minimizing it. But I can tell you right now that if I had a baby, like when I had Jordan and I had a C-section, I was in misery, in yeah. pain. And to know that I had to figure out how to be a new mom on my own, make my own food, sit here and survive, you know, be the only person to get up in the middle of the night with a kid. I wanted to start sobbing when I heard that story. And then if I got to watch you through the window, shoot, you better not let me hear the TV on or something because you think you get downtime (laughs) while I'm in here struggling, trying to stay alive, you know. I'm I'm out here battling these diseases. I know that. But But what I'm saying is we're all making sacrifices, right? And and I think about that single parent that works hourly, Mm. that their kid is sent home and they have got to go to work. Like there's no, hey, we're going to pay you because you have your kid home. Like I think about my childhood. If my mom was still who had to go to, to the mm-hmm. bank because the banks are still open. She worked in the banks for all my life. And I was home. And let's just say I was 
four or five years old, like what happens then? And you don't necessarily have family that can watch your kid. Right. And you're going into the public every single day. Like that is a hard, you're you're worried about what you're bringing back home to your kid. You're worried about the fact that you're going to be dumb by this time. This is by the time this is over. I don't know how to do common core math. (laughs) Let's just be real. Right. Yeah. There's also another couple, a friend that we know whose husband is a DJ. And if you have any sort of like, we've got friends that have photo booths. Like if you're in the industry, uh, like the service industry, celebration industry, a, the celebration saying. industry, like if you're a DJ, if you're a photographer, Flores. if you have a, yeah, you're struggling right now. Why? Yeah. Because nobody can have events right now. Right. So here you are with these kids at home. You don't know Common Core math. Your DJ business can't really thrive or survive during this time because you're not having any parties, right? But I got to tell you, I've seen some people be really, really innovative. And this is where we're going with the podcast is, you know, how can you take the problem and turn it into progress? I have seen so many DJ parties. Like this guy was on his turntables the other day in his like boxer shorts and a tank top. And just like playing a bunch of hits. And there were thousands of people on joining this live virtual DJ party. So by the time this is over, if he does that regularly, bro, he's going to have a million followers. Yeah, I saw Shaq did that the other day. Did he? he? Yeah, Shaq did it in his kitchen. And he was, you know, had his DJ stuff going. Mm -hmm. His kids were over there dancing and pumping him up. But like, yeah, the innovation and what you can do and, and how you can connect people. Yeah. Like when you say thousands of people are like, just turning on their phone and, and just listening to the music mm-hmm. and like almost visualizing themselves in a situation where they're dancing yeah. and having fun with so people. So much fun. I'm here yeah. for that, right? <laughs> and then let's see, maybe you're a photographer. We've had a couple of friends that we've suggested. I've even mentioned it to my sister. Like, hey, can you come over and do a social distancing like family photo shoot of us? Because I'm going to tell you, like, we are never all five of us home. Yeah. Since Jasmine moved out to go to college, like we haven't had the opportunity to take a photo with all five of us. Right. Right. So I was like, is there some sort of like thing that you can offer maybe on the download? Because I know people will come for you and they'll be like, you're not doing your part. But what if you did on the porch of, you know, families' homes? Like they can't have all their aunts and cousins and uncles and stuff come over. That's not safe. And I'm not promoting being out right now while we're supposed to be quarantined. But what I'm saying is the Cake Mamas, my business was born in the middle of necessity, was born in a time where I needed to be scrappy. So what I want to do is encourage you to say like, okay, what is it that I've been putting off that I've been wanting to do And how can I make it work in the time that we're in right now? It might have to be online. It might have to be virtual. It might have to be from a distance. But there are so many things that you can do right now to turn this huge, massive problem into a huge opportunity. Yeah. And we talk about this with our students all the time. We talk about the fact that you either are solving a problem or you're creating a problem. And then right now, we got a massive problem. And if you can come up with a vaccine, you're definitely in business. But Mm -hmm. uh, outside of that, there are certain things that are going to start coming up that people are going to need. That people are going to need certain things that I don't even know what it is yet. But someone's going to find a way to fulfill that need. Mm -hmm. And then someone's going to also say, I noticed when I was home and I was can't go anywhere that we're really missing this one thing. Right. And they're going to make it at home and then they're going to like blow up and it's going to be amazing. You know what I want to make? Candles. (laughs) I just, I'm obsessed with candles. You know this. I listened to you how I started the, or how I built this, right? 
and my favorite candles are Chesapeake Bay. And I've mm-hmm. always said like there's a certain combination of like this wax and the wick that is just like science, I think, because these candles like nail it and they're worth every penny. I would like to learn if I had all the time in the world. I'd like to learn how to be like a candle maker magician. (laughs) I don't know. I would. I know. And if I mastered it, which you know that I could, I would make it a business. There you go. For sure. Because I love it. It brings me joy. While you're doing that, I want to figure out this whole toilet paper thing. Like, I think we have. No, just think about it. Slow down here. I mean, the (sighs) candles are great. Uh Uh-huh. But we've noticed we've now all of a sudden you go to the store, all the toilet paper is gone. Right. Okay. So this is a big problem. And it's pretty archaic that we use paper to wipe our asses. Oh, God. And so I know that they have, what is it in Europe? A bidet. A bidet, right? But there's got to be a a different way of doing that. So someone out there, maybe it'd be me, will come up with a new way to wipe that ass. Are you kidding me right now? Clean yourself. Because here's the thing, like from a sewage standpoint, from a, the environment, the plumbing, plumbing, water, all those different things. Like we've got to get to a better place mm-hmm. where we clean, right? And, so and you feel like the toilet needs a transformation. The toilet needs a transformation. There needs to be some type of scrubbing or something that goes on <laughs> that, that gets you going. And we don't need toilet paper anymore because I'm being playful. But these are the type of things that come from these types of disasters right. is there wasn't a need there for there wasn't a need and all of a sudden toilet paper and now now it's scarce now it's scarce right. and we're like okay we got to find a different place cuz other countries are like what do you guys have an issue with toilet paper we just turn this water on it sprays up and then we're clean we're oh ready to go my goodness <laughs> you are crazy so obviously some people might be filled with like hopelessness some people might be looking for inspiration First, I want to shout out um, this group of pushers that we have in our 30-day challenge. Y'all missed out if you're not part of this because this has been such an awesome thing to be a part of. We're journaling. We're working out. People are losing weight. They're connecting. They're making new friends. And I feel like when you find a tribe that you can relate to, that's like, oh, man, we're all kind of in forward movement. We're all aspiring to be better when this thing blows over. It's pretty magical. So shout out to that tribe. Yeah. And I love the most is the fact that when people come together, especially when it's not like work, when it's not work related, like it's not their company they work for or they're even their own company. I think they're able to be a little bit more vulnerable. I think they're able to really dig in a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a different level of investment that's happening, whether it's investment of their money, whether it's the investment of their time on their own time that I think that brings a different level of commitment. Yeah. So that's why I love seeing it. So if you're missing out, I'm so sorry. Make sure you join the Push Society mm-hmm. though, because you can come in every month and get some love. That's right. Go to JanelleCopeland.com to get more information on the Pusher Society. So we're going to talk to you about 10 questions that we think will help improve your perception. And these questions, we're going to start off, they're a little bit deep. We've gone through this exercise with some of the people, with all of the people that are in our challenge, and you're going to have to get a little deep with yourself. We think that people are kind of just going through the motions right now. At this point, you might be in week three or four of this quarantine. You might be a little stir crazy, but if you're struggling emotionally, have you taken the opportunity to sit down and journal? Have you taken the opportunity to talk to those that are closest to you. Like we were talking a second ago, I said, you know, you haven't asked me how I'm doing. I'm sorry. How are you doing? But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no. it, it's like we're around each other right. every day. Yeah. You may forget. You think you kind of like understand we're maybe going through the same thing, but right. maybe we're not. Like I see you working from home. You're on conference calls all the time. We're so blessed that you're still being paid for that. 
I haven't really asked you like, hey, how are you? You seem to be enjoying it. I don't know, but you're a joyful kind of guy. So maybe well, <laughs> deep down you're crying and I haven't <laughs> <Yeah>. asked you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but that's a really good question. I, and I think uh, people may be listening and say, well, what do you mean my perception? Mm-hmm. Like we're in the middle of a freaking pandemic. My perception tells me we're in the middle the of a freaking pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> this somebody said I heard earlier today that said, this is the closest we've ever been to an apocalypse. <laughs> like, yeah, this is an apocalypse. <laughs> for sure. But I think it's important to talk about the fact that everything that we go through, and this is crazy, but this is true. Everything that we go through is neutral. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're going to talk about perception is because we create the meaning that it is. So you're telling me we build the emotional roller coasters? We 100%. <laughs> like <laughs> we are every single fabric of our brain, right. we build the actual the roller coaster of our emotions. And it's based on our perception and our interpretation of what's happening. Some people are looking at this disaster and they're heading towards financial ruins. And they're just like, man, I was so stressed out. I was so overwhelmed. I was so overworked and I was not fulfilled. If I lose everything, at least I gained my sanity back. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think that's so that's important- a huge perspective Is because shift. people can be in the same situation, which we're all in right now, and they can be looking at it completely different. So we know it's all about your perception. So right. we're going to ask these questions to help you get the right perception for this. Okay, so this is in question number one. This is just kind of like to set the table, right? So what did you lose? Are you grieving something, the loss of something? Is it money? Is it your income? Is it a career? Uh, have you lost a relationship? Can I be real? We've mentioned on a previous episode, the divorce rate in China has increased too much together time, right? (laughs) So you might be struggling in your relationship. What Mm -hmm. did you lose from this though? Have you lost your health by now? Did you lose your health because you contracted Corona, right? Yeah. And then maybe did you lose your identity? Mm. Were you this career driven person that career was taken away and you think, that's what my whole life. Did you lose the business that you built? Yeah. I know I'm on the verge of that, right? Like technically right now it's closed. So yeah. I did lose the business that I built. Um, did you lose out on opportunities? Yeah, y'all, I was trying to sell my bakery <laughs> before this happened and all of my buyers pulled out because they don't know what's happening with their finances, right? Are you fearful that you're going to lose your home? Have you lost hope? Have you lost your faith? So mm-hmm. I want you to take out a piece of paper and just like talk to yourself on the paper. What did you lose? Because mm-hmm. maybe you didn't really lose anything. Maybe in our case, like back in 2009, we lost a job we weren't terribly in love with. Right. It just created income, generated yeah. income, right? And the reason why this is so important is because like sometimes we get trapped in our feelings and our feelings tell us, oh man, we lost so much. Oh, we're losing so much because it feels like it because the change is so drastic and it's such a disruption. But when we look back at 2008, I mean, we lost a job. Mm-hmm. Like everything else, our family, mm-hmm. our home, our health, our health, our like, sanity. Yeah, we kept. I- like, I'm not like, trying to lose that <laughs> yeah. at all. And so like, I think it's important to really get like factual with yourself. Well, let me give you some facts. Lots of people, including, I'm going to be real, some employees that worked for me, y'all lost jobs, which is tough because it's income and I get it and it's tough, but you didn't like them anyways. (laughs) Like really, that's factual. Yeah. Some people are pissed about losing their job. You're pissed about losing a job you didn't even want. You didn't even (laughs) like it. So what if that was a blessing? Yeah. And I think, and and there's a big difference between, and I hope you guys understand, like we're not being insensitive. We're saying to you, you lost a job. 
that you, you didn't value really in upset, the first place. Yeah, what you're really upset with is the consequence. You lost the pay. Is, is the pay. Right. And the pay gave you whatever opportunities or it gave you another bill. Because sometimes right. pay gives you a bill. Right. Right. Because you just want to buy stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's a big kind of like, just sit there. What did you actually lose? Right. Maybe if you're worried or upset because you lost income, well, you could figure out something to sell. You yeah. can figure out a way to generate income. But some of you need that realization, like you're trying to go back to a job you didn't want in the first damn place. Yeah. And that's going to be a huge perspective shift for some of you listening right now. And it's also keep in mind, this is a artificial economy stall. This is not something that is like a recession. Although it can be a recession, this will restart once this is over. It's not like these jobs will never come back. Right. And and so just keep that in mind. Like jobs will come back. Mm-hmm. They may not come back in rapid form. Right. But they will come back and you just have to be ready. And so that's why. That is debatable. We, well, I'm going to tell you why. Well, here's the reason why. And I'll let you say something. But what I'll say to you is this, is that every job that's being lost, every business that's ending, there will be a replacement. Mm-hmm. There will be something else that will replace it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long it will take, I don't know. Yeah. But- it won't be a situation where these things will disappear forever. There may be new ways that people do business from here. I can Agreed. guarantee you Agreed. that. Lots of businesses are going to realize, you know what? We just had 2,000 employees work from home. Let's do this shit like going forward. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. need to pay for these big ass office spaces. Right, right. We don't need to pay for toilet paper in bathrooms. Like, Let them use their own toilet paper at right. home, right? So there's going to be a lot of innovation and learnings that these large companies are going to have. And I think that could create some issues in real estate. You know, there's mm-hmm. lots of huge commercial buildings that are now abandoned because they realize they don't well, need maybe them Maybe we anymore. can knock these suckers down and plant some more trees. Because I could tell you yeah. one thing I love about Corona is the fresh air. <laughs> my, my goodness. Okay, so let's move on. So here's the beginning of the questions. Number one question, because of this loss, I will not be able to blank. That could be because of this loss, I will not be able to pay my bills. Because of this loss, I will not be able to potentially reopen my business, uh, grow my career on my timeline, Mm -hmm. uh, get out of debt like Mm -hmm. we plan to. Um, celebrate my birthday, in my brother's case, get married, right. right? So because of this loss, I will not be able to witness my grandchild's birth because they only let one person in, mm-hmm. right? Get the promotion I was trying to get. Right. Okay, so here's number two. Now that I've lost blank, it will be nearly impossible to blank. And that's so good. that's an interesting yeah, question, yeah. right? So now that I've lost the opportunity to witness my grandchild's birth, it's going to be nearly impossible to what? Get back that memory? Yeah. Uh, it's gone. You have a lifetime full of memories ahead of you to create. Tricky question. This is a tricky ass question, and, right? And, and this is one of those things where it helps your perception. It's right. like, oh, because shoot. I've lost the ability to serve customers, you know, the ability to open my business. Now that I've lost that, it will be nearly impossible to make money and pay my bills. There's one. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Is that true? Uh, not really, because. You're going to figure out a way. Right. And also the government's kind of helping. (laughs) And also like all of these things that we're not like right now, you're kind of helpless a little bit. Right. So what can you do to kind of show up and play your part? And part of playing that part, you guys, is just acceptance. There is literally nothing I can do if they want me to be locked in my house right now to be safe. And guess what? The government realizes that. So they're going to be sending out checks hopefully soon. 
And so, so somehow, some way, whatever it is that you're creating that's nearly impossible to do, I want to ask you, is it really impossible or is it not probable? Right. Oh, yeah. And it, what's what's interesting it's is that- It's not probable that the government <laughs> would pay for you to stay home, but y'all, like, that's it's, really kind of what we're up against right now. And number the question number two, if you guys, uh, and, and do this work because I think it's important, it makes the first question manageable, mm-hmm. right? It, you say, oh, I wasn't able to pay off the debt, and because I won't be able to pay off the debt, it's going to be nearly impossible to- Ever generate wealth? Right. Uh, wrong. Wrong. Right. And so because now you I look and you say, "I won't pay off the debt. It'll be nearly impossible to purchase my dream home this year." Right. Okay. Okay. Well, you got yeah. next year. You got ne- <laughs> Keep yourself healthy. You got next year. Right. And right? so it makes you redeemable. Right. I love it. Okay. Question number three. I can't see how I'll be able to blank. So with all of that said, mm-hmm. well, now that I can't pay my debt and I can't buy my dream house, I can't see how I'll ever be able to what? Pretty sure redemption yeah. is like a big thing here. <laughs> so it's these are trick questions because if you said, well, I can't see how I'll be able to move forward. Well, it, just put one foot in front of the next right. and just take a step. I can't see how I'll be ever able to recover from this. Guys, people recover from cancer. Right. They recover from losing a limb. They recover from relationships. They recover from the loss of a job. Right. They recover from homelessness. They recover from All loss of, of other crazy and things. The, the reason why these, these questions are so, so important and they're so on purpose is because what we want you to do is we want you to leave the problem when the problem is over. Right. And what I mean by that, when Corona is over, when we're we're done being held captive to our own homes mm-hmm. and keeping ourselves safe. Like we can't look back five years from now, two years from now, or six months from now and say, oh, because of Corona, I'm not, I won't be able to do these things. Like you, we want to destroy that, that problem and we want to move forward so that we make decisions that help us get to where we want to go instead of reliving this whole time over and over again when it's already done. Right. And that's the problem with problems. On to another question, which is, what would it mean for you to overcome this problem? What would mm. it mean for you to overcome the fact that you think that you'll never, ever be able to get out of debt? Yeah. It's kind of a, I don't know, what is your take on that question? Well, like, and this is an interesting thing because all these problems, everything that we we face is so that we reveal ourselves to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So when we say, what will it mean if I overcome this? It's to teach yourself something, to give yourself evidence. We talk to a lot of people about confidence, mm-hmm. right? And confidence is one of those things where you have to pull evidence that you've done some certain things that right. prepares you, that should give you the confidence to do other things. And I think that it's important that you declare that to yourself, that if I overcome this, when I overcome this, right. this will mean that I can overcome even greater challenges. I am an and, overcomer. Uh, yeah, I am an achiever. That's right. Next question, what do you need to stay away from? I, I should reframe it. What or who do you need to stay away from in order to keep a clear and focused mind during this time? You know, your environment is super important. So you have to ask yourself, like, am I uh, spending too much time talking to friends and family that all they do is watch the news all day yeah. and it's bringing me down? That one's pretty self-explanatory. So I'm going to speed to the next question, which is, if you had to find a way to solve this problem because your freaking life depended on it, what's the first thing that you would do? And so think about this, like what ideas come to mind? You could even do some fear casting, like what are the worst case scenarios? But what if you had to find a way? So worst case scenario, we lost our jobs, we had no income, 
I have to find a way to feed my children. Yeah. What did and we do? We we would find a way. We well, would, we applied for eighty seven jobs. Yeah. We right. Very some jobs, but we started selling stuff. We started liquidating. We had to decide. You know, is this the right time to maybe file bankruptcy? Because mm-hmm. we still had to kind of face the music in you know what the current circumstance was. So yeah. what really? What would you do if you had to find a solution to the current problem? I think that question is important because it it deals with attachments. And what I mean by that is it you look at that that question and when you increase the necessity to do something, you start to to kind of push away the things that you may be attached to and you're willing to do anything that is required of you. So, for example, you're willing to depart with things that you sentimentally wanted to keep. So you start selling things that you think they were important because of necessity. But maybe you you get out of your comfort zone because of the fact that it's required for you to get out of your comfort zone. So the things you were afraid to do that you know you may be able to find some success, you go out and do. I'm telling you guys, necessity is a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like it will force you to do some things that you thought you couldn't do. Here's one that I love. Um, who do you know that can provide you with the support that you might need to overcome this problem? So I think that your most undervalued resource Mm. is your network. And here's what I mean by that. Like we usually undervalue the power of connections. So who in your circle might be able to offer some sound advice, some assistance, some uh, just basic suggestions or support or a shoulder to cry on or perspective Like here, your friends, Eddie and Janelle, we've been through this before. We're offering you some perspective, right? So this is a place you might want to tune in because this is considered a resource. But at the time, you know, what was available to us? Well, we had friends that were tax accountants. Uh, We had to talk to them about like, hey, what should we do? We had friends that were advising us, hey, this might not be the best time for you to do X, Y, and Z, or friends that were advising us to consider maybe bankruptcy, some friends that were advising us to apply at a certain place, something we never considered, Right. right? So really leverage your network and think who in your Rolodex can help offer some sort of solution or suggestion or just maybe even support. And I think this, the second part of this, the, the reason why I think this is one of the most important things that you need to do is because when you go through something really tough, um, the worst thing you can do is isolate yourself and try to figure it out from the same circumstances that created the problem itself. And I think when you get outside of your comfort zone, you start asking people for help and support. Uh, and I will say for my guys out there, this is probably the hardest thing to do is when you're really struggling to reach out to someone and say, I don't know how to get out of this. Right. I need I need some help. And not that I need your money or anything like that, but I need your guidance. I need I need some suggestions. Uh, here's what I'm faced with. What do you think I should do next? Mm-hmm. Right. And so things like that, I think, are so important. Anytime I ask for help, I'm telling you, I'm blown away. But I'm surprised also, on the other hand, with how many people want to suffer in silence. Yeah. Like, I am definitely a hand raiser. Like, hey, guys, I'm out here drowning. Does anyone know anyone that they can suggest, refer? Who do you know that I need to know because I need some help? And right. that kind of leads me into the next question. What do you need to know in order to solve the issue. So this comes down to resourcefulness, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins says it's not a lack of, resor- of resources, it's a lack of resourcefulness. 
Let me say that again. It's not a lack of resources that you're that you're lacking. It's a lack of resourcefulness. So if your only option was to find a way to be resourceful during this situation and this time, what solutions could you come up with? Yeah. And the brain is an interesting thing because the brain only operates at its best when you ask it complicated questions because then it has to start figuring things out. And sometimes we are stuck in problems just because of the fact that we're not asking ourselves the right question. And this is the kind of a question that allows you to go, okay, well, if I have to solve this, what do I need to know? Well, I need to know how to apply for this particular loan. I need to know how I find money or grants for my particular situation because I want to start a business. I need to know what off knew, what the government's offering, what sort yeah, of financial help. I just remember when help. when you were uh, honey was starting the business, getting loans for dummies. How many books mm, were geez. you you were, you were buying? Mm-hmm. You know, um, to get the resources because sometimes right now you're in a problem right now, but you don't know what questions to ask. Right. So you need to kind of know at least f- from a overarching view vantage point. What do I need to know? Well, I need to know how to navigate in a situation where there's, you know, you can't leave the house. Here's a dumb question or here's a dumb answer. What do I need to know? I need to know how people are making this work. Right. To me, that's like the most brilliant question. I need to know how other people are making this work Mm -hmm. for them. Is it they applied for a grant? They got a loan? Is it, you know, how is this person making their business run? Not from a jealousy or an envy standpoint, but from a, you know something, I don't know, can we be friends type of, (laughs) you know, that's an advantage. Yeah, because that information is is gold. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so number nine, what would happen if you decided to not give up? That's good, right? Yeah. What would you do next? What one step could you take to begin to move forward just from where you're at right Mm -hmm. now? Not five steps, not the whole staircase. You don't have to see the ladder. You don't have to see what's on the other side of the bridge and around the corner. Right. But what the hell would you do if you decided to not give up right now? What's one step, one next thing that you could do from move to move from where you're at right now? Yeah. And Scott, that's so good because- like I like I've told you before, I don't know how to give up. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I just have to like stop because I'm like, okay. Like I literally was messing with our internet last week. Oh, good lord! <laughs> for nine straight hours because I, I would not give up. Mm-hmm. I was like, I must find a way. And right. then when they told me there's something wrong with your line, I know I can't do that. Okay, mm-hmm. I must stop now. Right. But if you have to keep going, you will find ways. Like when I woke up in the morning and I was like. I have to get on the Peloton. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. To, so I need to use this philosophy more often. I could probably get a little more things done in life. <laughs> but literally, I, I said, I will find a way. Like, this is a machine. I can manipulate this machine. So I, like, hotspotted it from my Oh, my phone. God. Because we, you know, no internet means no TV, yeah. no Peloton usage, no Google Docs, no accessing your computer, no homeschooling, right? So they literally told us, you guys, on Saturday, like, uh, well, we'll be there on Thursday night to fix your internet. Will you be home between the hours <laughs> of four and five? Where the hell am I supposed to go right yeah. now? We're in quarantine. Of Absolutely. course, I'm going to be here waiting for you to come, right? But, yeah, you figured out how to hotspot, like, with that's not even an option. I don't even know if that's illegal what you did because Peloton might be like, hey, we need a strong, stable internet hey, well, uh, connection and you just hotspotted it. Yes. Yeah, I wonder phone. how many more things you could figure out if you really, really had to make a way. That's the point of this question, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you set that in, is your intentions, I, there's so many creativity, too much, so much innov- innovation that comes mm-hmm. from that and how creative you can become. 
But the key thing is that I, I was going to find a way. Right. You were determined. <laughs> I was determined. So then you had to get resourceful. <laughs> yeah. Some of y'all just need to do that right now with this virus, right? Okay. So last question, and I want you to really think hard about this. Picture yourself a year from now, looking back at what you've accomplished during this time. What did you love about yourself during this time? What did you learn about yourself during this time? And what skills did you develop because of this? I love that. It's such a great question because, you know, we don't take a lot of time to go back and reflect and say, man, I was, I, I really handled that like a boss right there, yeah. right? Until after you've gone through the storm and you have kind of like earned your stripes, right? So we're kind of asking you while we're in the middle of this storm, who do you want to be when you look back at this three years from now and say, because this is ultimately like our generation's World War Three, yeah. right? <laughs> this is like the Great Depression of 2020. Uh, yeah. And so we need to be able to like talk to our grandkids about that one time that it was kind of like an apocalypse and we had to stay in our house. What did we do? What yeah. did we do to survive? This is our generation. Back in my day, I walked five miles to be in the snow, right? Like, this is our Remember generation. we were locked down. Right. Yeah, and I think... Well, I'll tell you what I did. I went for tons of bike rides. <laughs> I got super fit because I couldn't stop eating, right? So I had to do some activity. I found the blessing. I felt like uh, leaning into my faith. It was almost like God's way of saying, well, you said you needed a break anyways, girlfriend. Here you go. Yeah, I stopped right? the world for you. I stopped the world for you, right? <laughs> so I just want to leave you with that question. Who will yeah. you look back three years from now? Who will you say that you were? Who did you become? Yeah. What skills did you develop? What skills did you sharpen? Like, are you yeah. preparing yourself right now for that, for the time when this blows over? You don't have to go back to your shitty job that you didn't like, or you're better qualified now for something because you've refined some skills during this time. That's what's going to help you stand out right now, friends. And what I love about this is the love part, because I, I can't tell you, I talk to so many people and that self-esteem is- what did you love about yourself yeah, during this self time? Self-esteem is a, an area they struggle with. And, and looking back and saying, man, I really love that I kept going. I really yeah. love the fact that even though I was up against the wall, I still treated my wife well. I, I still tra treated my kids well. I, I showed up for people. I gave to people. Mm -hmm. I served other people. I really love that about yeah. myself. I really and love I, I think that we're so making the important. most of this. Can you, I mean, I just think it's so important. Yeah. Like, I think it's so important that people, one, love themselves, but also, like, look at the things they do and say, God, I really love that about myself. Like, be in admiration yeah. of yourself. I think you first have to do things that make your ass proud, right? <laughs> so you got to stop complaining. You got to stop right. crying about the situation. You need to try to figure out how to be resourceful. Do a couple of things. And I swear to God, you'll be like, damn, look at me. Let me clap for myself for a minute, right? And I got to tell you, this woman I'm sitting right next to right here, we were at a store and, and she is looking at every older adult or elderly person. Oh, gosh. I want to save like, them all. I'm like, okay, come on. You can't save them all. You, I'm like, I'm going to go talk to them. She's going to have a, a Rolodex of uh, old people Nothing phone numbers. Nothing but people over 75. <laughs> but I swear, we walked down the street. I'm like, I'm going to go save them. They must need help. Yeah. I asked Jordan the other day. I was like, do you think they need help? And she goes, they're walking down the street. I go, he can barely walk. He's got a walker. How must they be getting groceries? Like somebody needs to help them, yeah. you know? And I think that I do that because, are you saying you love that about me, by I the do. way? And I hope you look back and say you love that about yourself. Oh, I'm really proud <laughs> of the empathetic, empathetic heart that I have that really yeah. just wants to serve and nurture because I feel like you get 
back what you give out. And mm-hmm. one day when I'm 80, if heaven forbid my kids hate me and they don't want to take care of me, somebody's got to take care of me because of all of my good deeds, right? Yeah. I mean, I that's the way I, I look at it. I think it. you're going to be well taken care of. Yeah, I better be because, I mean, I'm not helping all these old people for nothing. <laughs> oh, Just kidding, 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 kidding. But yeah, so we hope this episode was helpful for you. We really want to help you shift your perspective and really work on moving towards progress in the middle of this massive problem that has caused major disruption for everyone. Hopefully you're past the stage of complaining and you're more leaning towards, okay, I can't sit here anymore. Right. This doesn't feel good. I don't like the way it's making me think. My mindset's all jacked up. And hopefully you're consuming better information now and you're surrounding yourself, not surrounding yourself with people because that would be illegal, but you're surrounding yourself virtually with people and things that can help you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's it for the Push Podcast episode for today. I think it was informative. Yeah, I would I think, listen to this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that for those that went through the challenge, are going through the challenge mm-hmm. right now, for those that... You guys are rock stars. Yeah, you're rock stars. This for, is so much fun. For those that are listening to this, that I hope this was a glimmer of hope. I, I, I posted not too long ago that hope is just a spark, but mm-hmm. faith is the light. Yep. And I hope that for in, even in a non-religious sense, that you start to practice faith, like believing in something that you cannot see so that it can it can illuminate where you need where you need to be, right. who you need to be, and where you need to go. So whether it's Jesus, Buddha, the universe, Mother Nature, whatever, you got to have someone it, to hand this off to because it can get gives heavy. You a path. That's right. Right. And if you don't have one, then you probably don't persevere. So yep. hope we so, use this for your your best benefit. Right. Also, if we've done anything in the last, I don't know, thirty six minutes two years of your life to help positively shape or impact. If we've ever said anything that helped change a perspective or give you some light, can you please just take two minutes to write a review here on iTunes for us? Um, I know you don't think that it means very much and you probably think, oh, they have enough friends writing reviews. This isn't for vanity metrics. We don't care. We don't want to see you tell us that we're great. We just want to know that what we're putting out in the world is actually helping. Yeah, And so it's a small token that you can give back to us if anything that we've done has contributed to the betterment of your life. Also, can you share this? That's what I was going to (laughs) say. For goodness sakes, share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Uh, Send it to someone. Send the link. Whatever it is, it's easy to share if you have an iPhone. Yeah, we're all trying to get better. And I think this isn't some information that if it is helping you, you should hoard. I think you should want to enlighten the people around you. This is, if anything, a really good conversation starter for your family. Absolutely. Don't so, don't treat us like a secret weapon. Well, I don't want to be stepchildren. Please stop <laughs> hiding us in the basement, for God's <laughs> sakes. Share us now. So please take some time to write and review. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to pick five of you to send out some pusher shirts. Yeah. It's been a while since we've done that. So I'm going to send out five. No, you know what? I'm going to send out eight. Let's do it. I'm looking for eight reviews. Just say something nice. Yep. You don't have to say you love us, but say something nice. Something it's that better was helpful. If you say you love us. It's okay. <laughs> have a good a good day, good night, whatever it is that you're doing. Make it good, friends. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, 
we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.